It is the Chicagoverse United Audio Podcast cover story series, featuring interviews with the premier talent in the Chicago music community who are making the lead stories this month at ChicagoverseUnited.com. My name is Haima Black. This week, talking with Tom Gavin, Dan Brunel, and Gordon Bramley of Gemini Club in support of the group's new record, Here We Sit, in an interview recorded at the band's Gemini Clubhouse. Here's how that sounds. Haima Black here at Gemini Club headquarters. I'm at the Gemini Club house, I think you guys called it. Um, I'm here with the members of Gemini Club, Gordon, Dan, and Tom. And you guys, old friends on this program, how are all of you doing tonight? Doing well. Great. Doing amazing. That's what I want to hear. I had a whole list of questions, but just ten seconds before we started the, uh, turned on the mic, you guys mentioned that there was some fight. So let's get to that before we dig into all the kind of, like, album stuff. Unless you don't want to go on with that anymore. Well, it's, uh... At uh, South by this year, Gemini Club got into its first first fight with a couple of very drunk guys. Um, it was about four in the morning, and we're all sitting on the curb, <laughs> grass crunching, <laughs> and uh, uh, we're eating our food truck late night burgers. Yeah, and uh, a couple of really really drunk dudes walk up and um, basically, you know. One of us makes a joke to him, just kind of a harmless joke, and the guy got really, really pissed off, and uh, get he got in Gordon's face, and he said, like, what the fuck did you say to me? And he gets, it's like real close, and uh, Grant and I get really nervous, like, oh, God, what's about to happen? And the guy pushes Grant, and Ryan, our new drummer, right. goes, like, you know blacks out and go and goes <laughs> goes well, he called Gordon a bitch. He, you're right. The guy calls Gordon a bitch and then he's totally screwing up the whole anonymous thing. Ryan tackles this guy and throws him into the pavement. Meanwhile he's throwing punches at Ryan and it was like, holy shit, holy shit, chill out, everyone chill out. And so like we pull Ryan away, try and break the whole thing up. And we're like, let's just leave, let's just leave. And we um so we walk into this parking lot, we're about 40 feet, or maybe, you know, 40 yards or something from where we were. And we're like, oh, man, that could have been really bad. But then Gino turns around and says, oh, shit, they're coming back. And so these two dudes, there's seven of us walking around at South By. And these two guys, are they start running at seven other guys. you got to almost admire that spirit, though, because that's going for it. And so the, I, I run ahead. I try and stop them. They blow right past me. And then Tom is right behind me. The guy immediately swings at... Tom, Tom gets his hands around the guy's throat. <laughs> and then the, the guy's friend comes up and starts swinging at Tom. Tom grabs them both by the shirt collar. He has one in each hand and throws them onto the ground, onto their backs, and sits on them and says, You are under my control. <laughs> Caleb, our sound guy, was going, Oh shit, oh shit, and just starts laughing. I put my knees. I put my knees on their chest. But the funniest moment was they were like they were trying to squirm out of it, and I had one of them by his hair, and he was just like scrolling around. So I took his hand and kind of popped his the back of his head in the pavement, not hard, but just just enough to like be like chill out. And he goes, "I'm on your side." So, literally, on my list of questions, the first one was going to be, how was South by Southwest for you guys? Well, it was great. And uh, that was Monday night. Oh, and then, and then the, um, the, the capper for the whole thing was on our very last show, we played a uh, rooftop. rooftop 
party at Blind Pig, which is right on 6th Street. And it's like one of the main rooftops, you know, in South By. And we, we played last, super late, really packed. It was awesome. And we're setting up. And right as I'm setting up, I, like, look up from my keyboard, and the guy is right in front of me. And doesn't recognize us. And so I kind of, and I, like, ran around and was like, holy shit, holy shit. Tom, the guy's here, the guy's here. Caleb, Caleb grabbed me, our, our sound guy, and goes, he's like, Tom, that guy that you strangles in the front row. <laughs> and then, so I walk up to the guy and I shake his hand. I'm like, hey, I'm like, are we cool? Because I didn't want him to, like, run on stage or, like, do something stupid <laughs> in the middle of the set. And then he's, like, looking at me. He's like, why would you say that? And then I had to turn around. And then he goes, dude, that's the guy that strangled me and Adam. <laughs> and so and so, you can just see him kind of boiling as we're setting up. And he's kind of recognizing us. And he's just got this, you know, this look like, god damn it, you know. But then by the end of our set, swear to God, he's fist in the air, totally into the music. And he's just like... All right, I'm having such a good time now. It was, it was awesome. It was, a, it was a, a perfect way to end South by. But South by was, you know, this is our third year going down, our second year as official artist. And the first time you go down, you kind of feel like you're just trying to figure it out, you know? Like we played by freeways, we played in the middle of the day at second floor bars, and like we really didn't know what's going on. The second year, we're like, all right, we have our shit together, we know what's going to happen. And we did to an extent, but we really didn't capitalize. This year, before we went down, we spent a week at Chicago Recording Company with uh, our sound guy, Caleb, and dialed in everything, dialed in our clips, dialed in all the guitar sounds, all the keyboard sounds, and went down in peak you know, playing condition, as far as I was concerned. And I think really made the most of it. You know, we've had six shows in five days, and the response is great. I mean, really, really fantastic. Yeah, you know, it was the same experience for me. Uh, this is my third year as well, third year uh, consecutive year. And, yeah, first year, learning experience. Second year, you know some things. This year, aced it. Yeah. Totally. It was like being held back three times for the same grade, and I was like, right. this time, I'm going to the next grade, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I graduated. That's exactly what it felt like, you know. Uh, I mean, we just have, this year, we really have great people around us, and, um, that really made the difference, you know? It's like the chaos of South By, I think we did a good job of making sure that we could withstand, you know, all that. From crappy sound guys to confused stage help to, you know, it's like... To having drunk guys under your control. <laughs> having drunk guys <laughs> under your control. hypnotized. Yeah. You know. I think a big part, uh, part was that we added um, Ryan Luciani, yes. um, who used to play um, with Empires, who's now our full-time drummer it made a huge difference not only does is he an incredibly good fit on the kit but he is a fit personality wise and yeah. he adds a dynamic I and mean, when you're thinking about sitting in a car for 20 odd hours you've got to like the people and i think we kind of went down and felt like we'd finally added the the last piece of the puzzle and yeah i think gemini club this year as a live band is miles ahead of where, where we were even i'd say three or four months ago you know, a lot of what I wanted to kind of cover with you guys in this interview, because I've talked to you so many times before, you know, and I know, like, the basics and everything, but a lot of what I was coming into this with was talking about kind of where you are now, because you guys aren't the new kids on the block. I mean, you haven't been doing this 20 years, but you're certainly established. So that's all stuff that I want to kind of work to in this interview. But, you know, taking a look at the moment right now, we're on the eve of the release of your new EP, your new seven-song EP. It's called Here We Said. And that's going to be dropping on Tuesday when people hear this podcast. How do you feel about that? I'm thrilled. Uh, I think it's putting out your, your second record. You, you kind of get an, an idea the first time around of 
what it might be like to put out a record, and you're just so excited to do it. Right. And this time around, we had a better idea of what we wanted to do. Our resources were a lot greater. We were able to record at CRC. And, you know, it was recorded over a year, and we wanted it to sound like a band. Yes. We wanted it to sound like it wasn't produced in a small room. And the first record was produced in Dan's living room in a one-bedroom apartment off Irving Park, you know, near Lakeshore. And it was just me and him with headphones on late at night doing this. And now we have a studio and we could, we could be a lot louder. And I think the record... You're not worrying about noise complaints. No. <laughs> I remember, yeah, I remember that being an issue. And I think we're just progressing and pushing the ideas of, of what Gemini Club is. I mean, we, our roots are in a traditional songwriting standpoint, right? And a traditional band writing format. And then when we do that and put it through the processing and production that Dan comes up with, uh, you end up with something completely unique. This record, it has been in the works for a while, and um, you know, like I said, people are finally about to start hearing it. Like, how exciting is that, or how does that feel that people are going to finally be able to listen to this body of work that you've been putting all this time into? I mean, we're really excited because there's there's a lot on this that I think we've been we're like capable of doing that. I like I feel like it showcases what we're able to do a lot better uh, than that first one than Future Tidings did. And so, you know, I guess kind of just like any of the remixes or, you know, Future Tidings itself, it's like I'm just excited to get it out there and have that to be known for another thing and kind of move on to the next one, you know? It's like I, I'm really excited to put it out there and, and see what songs are people's favorites and you know, things yeah. like that. But it's been a lot, of, a lot of work and a lot of planning, and uh, it's really exciting to see it all come to fruition and going pretty well so far. You know? The singles... We put out by surprise at 60 days ago, and you know we're at 100,000 plays. And uh, our second single, "Can't Believe You Said That," had uh, is around 80,000 plays, 85,000 plays. And those numbers are pretty—they're big, you know. And we're yeah. we're like that is just so exciting to us that yeah. that many people are listening to it, you know? Because like, like how do you even process that? You know, we, we don't know how it's like. You know, we we've we've been fortunate enough to both of them charted on Hype Machine, and um, both of them charted on We Are Hunted, which is where a lot of those plays came from. And um, and it's just like you know, we get blog posts almost every day, and it's just it's just you know, it, it's interesting. Like just like last week, by surprise, kind of like caught on by itself again. And I love just watching it work through the internet, you know, because you do what you can in the initial release to push it and get it to who you want it to get to. But then all of a sudden, for some apparent reason, some blog that a bunch of other bloggers read right. posts it. And then it's like a bunch of people writing, I don't know how I missed this two months ago. And then it kind of has its own. Makes it's like its a own, second life. It makes its own, you know, peak again, you know, yeah. and like like a song like um, Pumped Up Kicks or something right. sitting around on the Internet for like a year or whatever before it became a hit and I, I don't know to me that's really exciting that we can put something out and have it continue to live and continue to grow on its own without us really involving ourselves in its promotion too heavily you know I think that's a, another big change that has happened in the last couple of months is we're working with a, a, a company called the Pro Group and a good, friendly, a good friend Grant who's shaking his head at me say don't talk about my company but um, <laughs> he is uh, he's been so instrumental in uh, helping us understand like what we need to do. I mean, everybody wants to succeed. If you're if you're doing this, if you're playing music, you want to be successful. And there are things that you need to be aware of, like how your song comes out. You know, who's listening to your song and how. And in that, it's not like we're sitting here with magnifying glasses and lab coats and in a room looking over numbers to figure out what the hell is going on. It's just 
we have a better sense of how to put out music. You know, you're, we're learning how to put music out in a, in a better way, in a way that makes more sense for people, that's easier for people to listen to, easier for people to find. And, and that's made a, a big difference. And I think those numbers reflect that effort. But I think yeah. the songs are good. You know, we put a ton into them, and I think that's why, you know, in the end, they're successful. You know, something that is really interesting is what you just brought up, and that's something I've been trying to convey to artists for a while now, is that it's not enough anymore to be to write a good song and just let it go out there. You have to be savvy. You have to be involved in the business of your art now because the old model is not in place. And it really looks like you guys, you know, captured a really good understanding of that, teamed up with good people because I, do, I was seeing the, the hype machine charts. I was seeing the billboard competition that you guys were doing and all these kind of things which do not happen by accident. They don't happen without work going into it, right? No, you have to you have to think about that, you know. And in a in a world where I increasingly see people writing about fake fans and buying likes and all this stuff on Facebook, it's kind of scary when when people start to pay attention to that type of stuff. But I can say 100% that we have not ever purchased a single like. We have not paid for any sort of cheating or anything like that. And uh, to anybody out there that might be engaged in that, it, you're just cheating yourself in the end, you know, because it's so obvious when um, you look at somebody's Facebook profile and they have you know, 6,000 likes and 10 people are talking about it, and one of the ads is like Bulgarian Airlines, you know, <laughs> or something like that, you know. <laughs> uh, it's like... Uh, That's not a real thing. Yeah, right. not, you know, yeah. Or it probably is, but, but you can tell... You, you, you know, but, um, <laughs> but to anybody, like, that's really, really important, and we value that just as much as we do, you know, anything else. Marketing is part of it. Talking about the quality of the songs, too, and I'm not saying this because I'm sitting here with you guys. I think, can't believe you said that, might be my favorite Gemini Club song you guys have ever, ever. written, ever, out of your body of work so far. That song, to me, it does so many things right, and it absolutely instantly grabs me, you know, and I'm not surprised that that song is catching on with people as well. And same with By Surprise, which is also very engaging and very catchy. So you do have to have the songwriting part of it, you know. Did you guys know certain songs were going to grab people, or did it kind of... No, we were debating. I mean, the only one that was obviously a single from day one was By Surprise. But the debate as to what was going to be the second one, and the third and the fourth, is like we really are kind of just feeling it out, you know. I think they're all enjoyable and and attachable to their own unique ways but um no i i mean i always thought it was different because the record to me is split up in into different parts i can't believe you said that by surprise uh, nothing but history we're all kind of written in the same time and recorded in a similar manner whereas candles uh sparklers candle sparklers and cassini mission were all recorded here in the studio and i have a very different feel we came up into a deadline in cassini mission uh candles and sparklers were all done in a two-week period, like yeah. right before, we right before the, the record was released. And those those songs have their own identity as well. So I, I kind of view the the EP kind of split in those two camps. If I were to be in them, and, and like I remember hearing somebody play, uh, like Gordon hearing playing by surprise at a DJ set at Beauty Bar, and seeing people react, and it was like, okay, this needs to be the first single. It was actually really funny. Uh, Gordon played it at a at um, at Beauty Bar, and we hadn't put it out yet. It wasn't released yet. And, and this girl, we hear somebody in the crowd dancing go, oh, my God, this is my song. <laughs> and we're like, like no, it's not. no, it's not. You've never heard this song before. <laughs> You've definitely never heard this song before. I think that that in and of itself is a level of success, though, where your song is so 
uh, instantly attachable to people yeah. that they're like, you guys, this is one I've been telling you about forever now <laughs> that no one's heard before today. <laughs> it just got written yesterday. This is the one I've been telling you guys about for months. Yeah, yeah. yeah Gora and I just started laughing. <laughs> well, it was, I think it was New Year's Eve at Beauty Bar. Yeah, yeah but this is, this is my song. Oh my god, this is my I'm song! I'm like, if you have this, I'm going to... She's right, like, right. She was, she was like, she's like so on a different plane. She's yeah. hot. She's so just clairvoyant. Yeah, she's so yeah, hip. Yeah. She's so the hip. only way to get into music is the shit that hasn't been written yet. Right. If you're listening to music <laughs> yeah. that already exists, it's like you're losing. You're doing it wrong. Uh, just yeah, just kill yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> I always see that on Twitter. Yo, if you're not a beauty bar, kill yourself. <laughs> really? How many how many hipsters does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many? It's a really obscure number. You've probably never heard of it. Yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> my song i like that man um by the way that's been his, his joke for like a week and we've heard it like five times like maybe 15 times Gordon, yes Gordon, hey what's up take to screw in a light bulb how many hips does it take to do screw in a light bulb i have no clue what's up four four one to screw in the light bulb the other three can talk about how better the old one was yes. uh. <laughs> um you know listen <laughs> these interviews are always great with you guys <laughs> Listening to the record, there really is an increased emphasis on instrumentation. And it's not just Ryan coming in on drums, Ryan from Empire, formerly from Empire, is a great musician. But it really seems like there was overall an increased emphasis on not making this sound like a kind of sterile electronic project. You know, was that something you guys set out to do early on, or did it just kind of happen organically? Day one. I mean, with the exception of maybe, you know, maybe like 20. 25% of the synths on there are, are, you know, software, but pretty much all the elements are recorded through microphones, you know, and it's like the synths are played through amps in a room with, mul- you know, multiple mic perspectives. It's real piano and it's real drums and, and uh, you know, we mixed it the way you mix a record with like, how loud should the room be? How loud should the, how loud should the, uh, you know, the close overheads be how loud should the you know the direct be it's like it's not like the way you make a remix where you're debating on what plug-in preset to use right. you know? it's like bpms and and we wanted to do it in a way that allows for mistakes one of the things that about software based writing and mixing and everything is that it's very hard to make errors well like to make um, you know happy accidents you know because all all of it is intention all of it you have to do on purpose and so uh, what's great about putting a mic in a room and just letting some noise fly is that you end up with stuff that you weren't planning on having. And, you know, like uh, Cassini Mission, that um, the uh, synth arpeggiation that goes through that entire song was all happened in real time. It's unedited. It's a completely, like, actual performance, you know. It's uh, uh, a friend of mine, friend of ours, Andy, playing keys and uh, me using my iPad doing all the effects and processing and the changing in the synth sound it's like that's totally real you know yeah. and uh and and i think that's uh ethos that we're gonna always have and kind of more of the band we want to be the process of writing this is has been a little bit uh, different this time around because dan uh generates a ton of music and uh cassini and candles are some of the things that like candles for example was just something dan wrote and like wasn't like hey we should record this and i was going through ableton and just kind of pulling up files and I found that one, and I was like, this is great. So I laid down some scratch vocals that night. It was here really, really late. It was towards the end of the recording process. And then I wrote Dan an email the next morning. I'm like, hey, I left you a, a treat on another computer. And then we came in two days later, and Dan pretty much, Candles was born, you know? And it was... Uh, All the recording and production for that, except for the mixing, was Tom and I did 
we weren't trying to do this, but we weren't in the same room. We weren't on in the same room. Like I would be here working on it by myself, and then leave, and he came in and did vocals just because he liked it, and then I messed with his vocals when he wasn't here, and then it was already done, and it was like, well, good writing with you. (laughs) (laughs) Good team effort. (laughs) That's just one of those wonderful things that kind of that this band is is so good at is we're not ever at a loss of material we're not a band that's like oh we gotta write something like we gotta we've got a ton in the reservoir and that's good that's good we don't need to scramble you know listening to the ep i've had it since south by i was very fortunate you guys were generous enough the first one to get it yeah i was the first one to get it and in this blog day and age man that's that's big news you know uh before i even listened to it i was like i was telling people i'm like these are my songs (laughs) Um, but you know listening to it there's very much, what I took away from it is that there's a lot of pop sensibilities. And I don't mean, like, mm-hmm. current pop, like Pitbull. I mean, like, old school pop. Yeah. Like, I heard, like, like Beach Boys and stuff in there. Was that something, you, like, you guys set out to do? Or, like, what were some of the influences in kind of writing these songs? I, I think totally, you know. We like experimental music, you know. And, like, you know, we try and go for that in certain ways. And But really, it's like, we like just good written songs, well-written songs with good choruses and good verses you know it's like and uh we're really kind of traditional in that way and um i don't know the melody it's 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 just melody you know that's what it is to me a a good song to me is and i'm not talking about like like i'm not just like a sap for a good melody regardless of genre or presentation or production like obviously i hate things and uh (laughs) i mean it it goes without saying that there are many things i hate I think it's very clear in the past interviews I've done that several things I have serious disdain for. Uh, Whoa, yeah. uh, but the, the but that's what like that's what always gets me and Dan. Like so, I, I stand at the the, mi- the microphone, which is about five feet uh, away from Dan. Dan is his back turned; he's sitting at the computer. And whenever we're going, we're writing a new song, and I'm going through melodies. I can tell when Dan's getting into it. Like I can just tell by the, the way his body's moving. And I'm like, okay, we're getting the right track, getting the right track. But what we always end up like freaking out about isn't like a like a drum part or anything. We always freak out about a melody. Right. But we're always like, oh, like that's it, that's it. And that is what will keep me making records for the rest of my life is that moment of creation where it's captured, where you dial it in, and it finally happens and i think we're improving on that process and it's no different than any other type of uh activity or sport or whatever but when you can get your mind in a place to completely focus and it comes out exactly the way that you thought it would it's um it's a it's a really really great thing i think we pulled it off in this record um i would say i think the next record is going to be even better with our our new setup and our new studio which you're the here at <laughs> you know it's kind of like south by it's like the first year you're just learning second year you're like okay now i kind of know right. and each subsequent visit you're like okay now i know what i'm doing so i think it's going to be the same thing for you guys with these records um you know and something we touched on earlier is that the fact that you guys are established now you've been doing this a few years you've got a couple releases under your belt you know you've played south by you've played uh north coast music fest so when you're at this point we're like you're not starting out and you've got some kind of accomplishments under your belt. What do you look at as goals that you still want to accomplish? Like, what are you still looking to do? Whether it's like, we still haven't played Lala, or we still haven't sure. done this. You know, like, what's what's still ahead for Gemini Club to the accomplish? Big thing, we're established in Chicago. You know, like, people know about us here. But we're not established in the Midwest. We're not established nationally. Although we do get a 
couple of Facebook people posting from Thailand. We're not an international act by any sense. A lot of that is the podcast audience. You know, of course. My, my huge Thailand. Yes. <laughs> Many of which are in Thailand. <laughs> and we love them for it. Uh, but you know, I, I think you're going to see in the next couple of months, uh, Gemini Club hit the road for the Midwest. You, we will definitely be playing in the West Coast. And this year, we want to use the EP, uh, the new EP, to kind of like help launch um, our efforts to tour and, and use it to build up towards a record, uh, a, a full length that will be released in the you know extended future. But yeah, definitely tours in the Midwest. Uh, we've already played in New York. We went out to New York and played uh, Brooklyn, played two shows there. And we need to get in front of more people. We need to, if we want to make this our, our lives, we need to get the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> you know, Chicago is, can launch acts, right? Uh, we, we, we can name a couple if we wanted, but it isn't a place where you, you just get nationally broke, you know? We're like, you just... It's getting harder and harder. Yeah. I mean, everybody I talked to is from, like, when I was playing in South By, people were like, where in Brooklyn do you live? You know, like, everybody. In the just, Chicago part. Like, if, you, if, if you hear, like, a decent. <laughs> they're like, oh, where's that? I live in Williamsburg. Yeah. Right. But, uh, you know, it, it's almost like assumed that if you're a half-decent band down there right. that you're from New York. And uh, I'll be interested in hearing your, your panel about this, about the, the rock scene here, you know, or the music scene in general. Yeah, you know, it's um, there's a lot to be said about it that cannot be summed up easily, and a lot of people have um, very strong feelings. I don't think that there's one right answer, one wrong answer. So, But you guys are doing a lot right. You've got a lot happening. The new record, by the time people hear this, will be out today. It's called Here We Sit, and then you guys are playing Lincoln Hall this Saturday, April 21st, and I think all of that is very exciting. So I really genuinely love the record, and I wish you guys the best of luck with everything you have going on. It's always great to talk to you. We genuinely love you. I love it. I'm one of the 20,000 followers. I know. In Thailand. <laughs> no, you should see Jaime starts like a... Like, he's going to start a cult or something like that, you know? What part of Brooklyn are you in? Thailand. <laughs> the Thailand part. <laughs> I love it, man. Uh, thank you guys so much. Thank, thank you, Jaime. Thank you so much. This has been the Chicago First United Audio Podcast cover story series. Thanks to Tom Gavin, Dan Brunel, and Gordon Bramley of Gemini Club for being on the show this week. Check out the group's new record, Here We Sit, out now. You can find past episodes of the Chicago First United Audio Podcast at chicagoverseunited.com, including interviews with Hey Champ, Perfect Kiss, Midnight Conspiracy, and many, many more. You can follow the Dynasty Podcast Network through all social and digital media channels at dynastypodcast.tumblr.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Haima Black, Dynasty Descend.